Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson. Today's guest is Josh Farrell, industry icon. <laughs> no, <Nah, Yeah>. motorcycle <laughs> industry stalwart or whatever that word is. Um, yeah, welcome, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, mate. What a day. What a day. Yeah, it's been a uh, an awesome day. So it's not not often you get to experience a day like that and uh, then come back and sit in here and do something like this. So I'm very grateful. For sure. So what did we get up to today? Mate, we uh, we loaded up a couple of dirt bikes and uh, met up and took them out to get muddy. Mm. Had the beautiful property provided by Chris and um, in a secret location, we'll just call it New Zealand because it's probably, you're from New Zealand. Is it's, that New Zealand land? good as from New Zealand. It was, uh, it was magical. So some of it, but yeah, some of the, oh, I don't know, there's fresh track everywhere we had to go. We had to make fresh basically. There's a little layout, but yeah. it was just fresh land, wasn't it? Yeah. The layout was there, but finding our way was, uh, was part of the fun. So. Mm. And then what was about, uh, you know, two sessions in, uh, my pure gumbiness came out. I couldn't get up hills. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get around corners. Let's just say the rain set in. <laughs> oh, the rain did set in. So, and still in jackets now because, yeah, probably it was borderline hypothermia as we left. Yeah, well, I changed. I, uh, I dried up a little bit because we decided to wash the bikes on the way back and get mud in even more places that I thought I'd cleaned it out of. So Yeah, and the mud did go everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> But uh, it's uh, yeah, it was an awesome day. So, what what were you on? You're on what's yours? A 2020? Yeah, SXF 250. Um, yep. And then we brought the 97 CR, the old girl, out for you. Yeah, which was awesome. What was the what was the clutch thing that you said you had on there? So we we put a uh, a Wiseco clutch in it. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, with doing that, it uh, got a little bit harder on the hand. So yep. if we if there was an arm pump already, there there definitely was after putting that thing in. So. Um, it's just like a, it's a little mechanism that essentially reduces how much um, is on or how much load is on the clutch cable. Yep. Um, and it's literally smaller than the palm of your hand, a little aluminium box with a pivot lever in it. Mm. And uh, I think it's more made for stunt bikes and things like that. But I snuck it on the CR and it seems to be it works well, though. Oh, a big difference. Because like, even just after riding it today, with that... I can only imagine what it was like without, without it. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, even today, um, we didn't ride much. We probably... Enough. Enough. Yeah. Enough to ride. But um, my hand towards the end of just probably trying to fan it to try and get up that last mud hill that I couldn't get up towards at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have sucked without that, I reckon. Definitely, yeah. I put that on just before Day in the Dirt, the last one yep. just been. So. I, uh, I did a couple of practice days on it and I said, I'm not going to be able to hang on to this thing for a 45-minute moto or, yeah. you know, the team's race. So mm. uh, any assistance. <laughs> and when are you going to adapt the electric start to it? Never. <laughs> that's, that's the fun of the what lounge. What a luxury, eh, that yeah. is now. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun watching you kick it while I just pressed a button and yeah, off you got went. into the day. It was a good day. <laughs> uh, it was a good day. So thank you so much for getting that out because uh, not, not often you get – other people offering you things like that to ride for yeah. one thing. And then a private property like that was pretty um, pretty damn special too. Topped it off, didn't it? Mm, it did indeed. So who are you, mate? Uh, I, I don't even know how to sum that up anymore. Yeah. I, I, um, I guess I, um, uh, as most as of most recent, probably a marketing 
specialist, I guess you yep. could say, that's come Icon. out of the industry. Yeah, that's um, spent a bit of time and obviously very grateful for motorcycles and what they've provided myself and yep. um, the journey through life, essentially. So been very, very lucky, very mm. lucky to end up where I have and, and have done what I've done. So um, so how, how did you originally get into, into bikes? How was that? From a young age, mate, I just yep. sort of, I grew up with, across the ditch, obviously. with dad. Yeah, yeah, yep. across the ditch in New Zealand. And um, I grew up with my dad having a, a love for them and a passion. And I guess that kind of got passed down. So mm. I wasn't um, able to ride from a, a real young age, but we, we got our first bike probably around the age of 10, I'd say. And uh, it just all kicked off from there. So, so were you into like uh, pushies or like? Bikes. Push bikes big time. At yeah. that time? Yeah, at that time. Uh, okay. Loved yep. my push bikes. So you had it you had all the foundations there before you went onto the motorcycle. Like Correct. Yeah, yeah. So BMX yep. bikes as it starts for all of us, I yeah. think, with that BMX bike and pulling that down, stripping it and not yep. being able to put it back together. That's where it all started. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I still got I think my BMX is still apart somewhere. Yeah. Those cranks, eh? They get, yeah, the yeah, ball bearings do. fall out of those cranks <laughs> and you're, you're trying to find them everywhere and it just ends up sitting there. <laughs> it's, it's your first initiation into getting greasy yeah. is the crank on a 100%. BMX bike. Yeah, yeah. getting grease on your clothes and mum going mad at you. And yeah. Getting really angry, eh? Yeah, really angry. <laughs> <laughs> what was the bike? Uh, the, the dirt bike, first yeah. dirt bike. Uh, it was an 85 Yamaha from, from memory. Like um, a... Uh, YZ. YZ. Yeah, that's that's where it all started, mixing two-stroke gas and mm. got a passion for it. So, so where did you grow up in New Zealand? Uh, New Zealand, I, I'm all over, mate. Okay. I, um, yep. Yeah, I originally grew up in Palmerston North, yep. and uh, which is quite a small town and not a lot to do there. So riding dirt bikes kept me out of trouble, which was uh, which was good. So um, and then, yeah, from there... We, uh, we moved around a little bit. Um, my mum was into real estate, had a real estate business and uh, ended up in Wellington, uh, ended up in Taranaki, um, to which I took on a bit of surfing of all things. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. I took on a bit of surfing when the ocean's right there. You kind of chuck on a wetsuit and try not to freeze and yep. go out in the cold ocean and mm. shark scare me. So that stopped that. So you didn't you didn't continue with surf? No, I did for a little bit, yeah. but um, we were actually out in the in just off the the coast somewhere there in Taranaki one morning, and uh, they had a couple of great white sightings, and they closed the beach down, and wow. that was it for me. Literally, yeah, yeah, I was I was done after that. So we got we caught caught out with some blue bottles probably the weekend before that, and uh, yeah, nah, I'm I'm done with surfing. <laughs> do do want to have to keep paying on yourself? No, nah, nah, yeah, I've done that a few times, not intentionally blue either. Came. <laughs> <laughs> not intentionally. <laughs> Wasn't because of the blue bottles. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're shockers though. Like, uh, and you've got some pretty big creatures off New Zealand too. It's crazy. We don't have yeah. snakes or spiders like you guys do mm. here. And yeah. that's probably the biggest thing, like pulling my gear bag out here before going for a ride and stuff. Mm. And we've got a, a big garage at home and I'm forever like, is there anything in my boots? Is there anything in my bag? And Sure enough, there hasn't been yet. But there hasn't been? No, it's still, it still makes me check. Especially with like, obviously you guys got horses around. Yes. Yeah. And we're joined by Ashley here tonight as well. Yeah, I've got my, my lovely better half here who follows me and helps me do everything. So I'm very thankful for that. And two-way street by the sounds of things from today's sure conversation. She helps me clean the bikes and I help her clean the horse truck. Yeah. And the we go from pilot. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, horse husband. Horse husband. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and having, having horses and other animals around and feeding that, it's a wonder you haven't had any. Yeah, not yet. 
we're waiting for yeah. it. So I keep checking the hay bales each time we go and give the pony a, a biscuit of hay and yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but Thank goodness. I'll keep on my toes. You don't want to. <laughs> did you um did you start racing at an early age? Yeah, quite quite early. Yeah. Um so I started racing off the back of um riding the eighty five and in New Zealand we have a um a lot of flat track racing, which oh, really? is not so much like what we call flat track here, but it's like grass tracks. So, mm -hmm. you know, farmers would open up their paddocks to, you know, a couple of ride days and um, you'd come in, it'd be coned out and um, you'd go and cut in a track. So wow. all, all flat and rolling and natural hills. Sort of like sort of like today? Like what we were doing today, but a little yeah. bit more open paddock scale. Yeah, right. So by the time you have... 30, 40 bikes of a start gate, go and um, do do one lap of the thing, it, it cuts in pretty quick. So It's something, something you mentioned today as well was uh, about the skills. Like you're not doing jumps, you're not yeah. doing this and that there, but that sort of riding does refine your skills a lot, doesn't it? 100%. And obviously you grew up doing it. Um, yeah, do you think sliding that's helped? around the place. Yeah, mm. throttle control, clutch control, especially on a CR. Um, <laughs> especially on the CR. CR. But you, yeah, do you think that helps you with your riding Come later on. Big time. Yeah. 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 Probably made me a little bit too aggressive in the corners, but. <laughs> yeah, right. Because as soon as you come and have a burn behind you, you yep. get a little bit reliant on it. So. Yeah. You start to come in a bit quicker and think the burn's going to save you in, but. And when you've got flat turns and no burns to, you start to, uh, yeah, you start to worry about it, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as you found today. Yeah, I did. When the rain comes down and you're yeah. coming out of the corner one minute, you're sort of getting a bit of traction and the mm. next you're, you're out sideways. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Or that that uh, corner coming up to where Ash was today, there's, that got loose, didn't it? Got loose. Yeah. That was really, really loose. Yeah. And there's a few times there I thought, no, nah, I'm down here. <laughs> I, I'm actually down. And, yeah, the only thing that saved it wasn't skill. I don't know what it was. It's just luck. <laughs> a bit of luck. luck. A dry patch. <laughs> yeah, dry patch. <laughs> we found the group. Um, okay, so you went on to that at that age. What was after that? I stopped for a while. So I was actually out at a um, – it was like an inter-school event. So I used to do Woodville International and things like that, and that was awesome fun. So we had some big names come through there. It was an amazing track, like mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. But we had an interstate round for high school. So like the high schools back home would put together a team mm -hmm. and send that team off and you'd represent your school essentially like you would athletics or something like that. And Seriously? Like seriously. <laughs> so they, they sent a team off. So um, they sent myself and a few friends and we went and raced for, for the school and um it was good fun. It was good fun. It was in a beautiful setting, an amazing track, concrete start gate. It was uh, it was really cool. And unfortunately, I think my third race of the day, I actually had a bit of an, a word from dad and dad's like, you know, this is the last one, I think. And he's like, go out and go hard. And I was like, all right. So I jumped on the mm. start gate and got a little bit more traction on the whole shot than what I thought. Oh, and no. Got, got first to the corner and um, I was coming around the outside and a couple of guys came from the inside and that was me over. I got taken out and so ridden over a couple of times and realised my leg was out 90 degrees to me and, yeah, that was the end of the day. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. So Broken or dislocated? Snapped in half snapped completely. In half. Yeah, so it was uh, close to a compound fracture where it, it came out of the skin. And What age? Well, uh, I was... 14, maybe going on Goodbye 15. Goodbye to the school program. Yep. Yeah, so that, that really put a, um, a bit of a stop on my, my racing. And, mm. you know, it, it even of a young age, it really made me step back and go, 
wow, like it can quickly, quickly change and quickly stop. And you look at the monetary value that, you know, your parents and, and people mm. around you and sponsors put into your racing and it, it can all stop like that. So hey, that's huge. Yeah. So I had to learn to walk again and I was um, in a, in a hospital that was quite a fair away from home. I think we we're a two, three hour trip from home. So you know, that was hard to for me to be stuck there and, you know, awaiting surgery and then, you know, my parents have to be getting back to yep. work and they can't be yeah. there for me. So I was stuck in hospital by myself for a, for a few days at a young age. So, And I don't know how old you are now, but that's a few years ago now. That's a few years ago now. So the technology yeah. as well as in things like recovery and that would have changed a lot since then. So you would have been in there for a fair while at that time. Fair while, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I... Um, I don't remember it too much now. I think sort of it, you know, it always been blocked out of my mind, but I just remember one thing, you know, vividly and I, I got up out of my hospital bed and I just wanted to get out. I was by myself and I went mm. to try and walk down the hallway just to go use a toilet instead of a, a bedpan and I passed out, blacked out in the hallway and I just remember coming to and, yeah, been taken back to my room. So Do I, you know how long after the actual accident that was? Or was it? I think it was the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. So it wasn't like three weeks? No. Nah. That was the next day. I just wanted yep. to get up. I think I'd, I'd just had surgery that night and, yep. yeah, I just wanted Does to Does that go. give you grief to this day? Yeah. So you got, what do you got in there? Have you got a pin up for uh, it? The rod's been taken out. got some yep. pins in my ankle, but um, the rod's out now. So that, that we got out. I think probably a year or a bit later, once the bone had healed, just to stop the stint of my growth because I was so young. Yeah, you're at that time, aren't you? Yeah, so in all my, my development and thankful for this day, touch wood, I've got one leg that's the same length as the other, so we're cheering. Oh, right. <laughs> Did they stop that program after that? Like that's a pretty significant... No, no, no. no. Damn, New Zealand's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, mate, it's all part of it. Yeah. So we, we crash, we learn and... yeah. I kept riding after that. It took a little bit, but as yep. soon as I could get back on the bike, I did. So that was 14. Yeah. What would you do after that? Mate, I um, put my head down and did a, an apprenticeship for automotive and uh, then I finished that and well, got towards the end of that and uh, it just wasn't quite what I wanted to do anymore mm. and moved over here. Okay, so that was left, then. Left my friends, my family, everyone and just yep. up and left, packed my bags. What year was that? Oh, I wouldn't even know now. I've been here 10 years, coming up 10 years. Yeah, nice. So, so when I when I first met you, it was probably uh, maybe eight years ago. Yeah, it would have been now. I know we mentioned it today. I was, I was trying to think of it on the drive back up. It was probably six to eight years ago. Yeah. And we were riding road bikes at the time, um, probably faster than we should have at the time. But it was fun. It was, it was When we look back now, definitely yeah. faster than we should have. Because where yeah. we were today was about a kilometre away from where we went out that day and had a, you know, it was an awesome ride. Yeah. I remember you telling me a story, because we had a mutual friend at the time, but I remember you telling me a story at that time about a clip-on breaking. Is yeah, that? I, uh, what is the go with that? So we were, uh, we were out all day on, um, on a GSXR 750. Yep. And uh, I'd been a little bit silly all day through the mountains and banging big highway wheelies at 100 plus kilometers and mm. uh bringing the front end down probably a little harder than i should have and uh yeah we were we'd finished the day we'd done a beautiful ride through the mountains and um riding again faster than we probably mm. should have and uh on the way back home i was just trying to do a simple change of lanes to uh to get past some k's uh some cars at 100 k's 
and uh, put pressure on my clip on my left hand clip on and uh, went to turn back in and it snapped away from me. So lost it in amongst my hand on the highway. So mm. and did you, you didn't crash or didn't no. crash. I no. still to this day don't know how I didn't crash. The front end started shaking like crazy and yep. I just held onto my throttle hand. And yep. as soon as the bike stopped shaking, I just grabbed the top of the triple clamp with my, my left hand and just held onto it. Yep. And um, the hard thing was after that was my kill switch. Mm. had gone with the with the clip on so i had no way of like stopping the bike once i got it to the inside barrier so yeah. i had to just kind of let it stall itself and that was probably the sketchiest because i got up alongside the you know the medium barrier in the middle and the yeah. bike's just like because you got your clutch i've got no clutch no yeah. kill switch nothing and it's just jumping around and yeah, it's not. Yeah, I remember. I remember the basics of the story, but as I say, it's a long time ago now. And I was like, man, that was a that was a killer story. Not cool. It was wild. Yeah. And obviously, got back on the bike. Well, I actually that very moment we waited. I had um, a friend of the time come in um, with a Ute. His partner came, and we loaded up that oh, bike. And yep. he's like, I'm going to take that, but you take my bike and ride home. And I'm like, shake and still and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, may as well jump back straight back on. You got to do it. Rode an R1 home. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's not going to have that trouble with that. No. So, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, very lucky. How'd you get into the bike industry? Bike industry was just by chance. So, so was that when you first come to Oz, you got into it, or did you do some other other stuff here? <sighs> no, when I first came into Oz, as I say, like before that, my my background was automotive. Mm. Um, so I did my apprenticeship because I, I love tinkering around with yep. things, and I've since learned that that's not just vehicles i um i love just pulling anything apart so yeah. um it sort of started from that and i i landed a job within 12 hours of uh of getting in the country and nice. so we we flew in and i went to bed woke up the next morning and i actually went to a shopping mall in sunshine coast and uh was driving out and there was a sign out there saying you know job advertised at goodyear auto care and i went in there and got the job bang straight away <laughs> straight, straight into, into it, it. yeah no real so, holiday. No real holiday, mate. And I think I'm a I'm a sucker for punishment with yep. that. I love just getting straight into it and and moving forward. So that got the wheels turning for me here in Australia, and yep. you know I'm so thankful for that. And uh, it's a beautiful place. So from yeah. that, I um I then saw a a job advertised um, online that was for a parts interpreter at a yeah. motorcycle store, and yeah, I was like, this is me, like. Go and be around bikes. I love bikes. I want to get away from cars. Yeah. So I landed that as well. Mm. And um, yeah, I was driving from the Sunshine Coast to Brisbane just to uh, to do the job. And um, then yeah, I moved. So mate, that commitment nowadays, like that's a that's a few years ago now, but that commitment's pretty hard to find anyone that'd be within the industry that would want to do that, isn't it? Yeah, I I was young, mate. Like as I say, I'd left all my family, all my friends, and um, that was my focus. You know, was my career and and where I could put myself and do things that I couldn't back home. Mm. And um, I was very lucky that the opportunities were open for me here. So, did you know at that time that you had like a because you've got a really good design skill, finesse sort of thing with marketing design. Did you have any of that at that time? Nothing. So where'd that come into it? Just a passion. As I say, it's more of a hobby and it's not something that I I took on for many years after that. So Mm. um, I've always just loved, you know, designing things and seeing things, you know, go from a start point to a finish and just 
being completely different to anything else. So, yep. Yeah. How long did you stay in the parts interpreter role? Not long. Really? <laughs> yeah, not long. I um, it wasn't I did for you. No, I, I did that and um, I just loved loved talking to people and, yep. you know, loved selling things. And the deal principal at the time was like, we need to get you on the sales floor. Mm. We need to get you away from the counter and actually running amok and, you know, being your bubbly self. So yep. I was able to do that and it just progressed from there. Yeah, right. And then you just stayed within that, gr that group of companies at the time? It stayed within that company yep. and I was, um, yeah, very lucky to have been given opportunities at the time that saw me going from a, um, a salesman to a sales manager and yep. then from a sales manager to a business manager doing finance and insurance and, yep. you know, I wasn't very, you know, math orientated back <laughs> in school. So selling finance was... Uh, Some must have clicked. It just clicked. It was just the salesmanship yep. of doing it. It wasn't so much the numbers and adding up. It was, you know, all of that is, you know, we're very lucky today with technology and it, it all adds up mm. and, um, you know. I guess it sort of comes back to you. You see something at the start. This is what you get. This is what you need at the end. Yep. You're sort of putting it, you're building a process together. 100%. So you're obviously good at that part. Yeah. So. And the, the company, look, had a really good process to follow. Yep. And you followed that process, you got results. Mm. So. When did you start riding road bikes? Um, started riding road bikes pretty young as well. Oh, did um, you? It wasn't something that was a huge passion of mine, yeah. um, but it was something that, you know, it's riding a bike and anything mm. with a motor underneath it, I I love sitting on. So so you got into that young, young. Got into that young as well. Um, Licensed? No. No, okay. <laughs> yes, was, yes and no. Yes and no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I lost my license a few times when I was younger. Yeah, okay. So, that happens. Yeah, with myself a few more times than normal, but, um, <laughs> you know, it took me a while to learn and yeah. I thought I was invincible. So, yes. I'm, I'm, and I've said it on here before, I'm not a fan of the, have you learned your lesson thing? That's not, that's not my favorite <laughs> saying in the world, right? But did you, did you learn from those mistake, mistakes or issues, transgressions? Big time. You did? No, I did. Look, it, yep. it took me a little while and I was young and, mm. You know, we all do it when we're young. We try and show off in front of mates and yep. that's just the short of it. You know, mm. as a young male, I think we can all admit to that. But, um, yeah, I did learn. I learned eventually. Yeah. It just takes time. It does. And how, how did you find the industry? Like once you got into it and you obviously got a few through a few different roles, how yeah. did you find it? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it, mate. It was, you know, as much as you'd pull your hair out one day, yeah. you'd, um, you'd have those good days and... Yeah, it all just made it worth it. So to be able to sit back and, you know, do what you love for a job and hmm. sell bikes that you have a passion for, it it didn't really feel like work some days. So And at that time we did you did you grow up around Harleys or did you have a No. No? No. Didn't didn't at all. So you didn't have any like brand biases or nothing. It was just nothing, you mate. just love bikes. I just love bikes and yeah, cool. you know, that's why one day I'd I'd love riding a naked upright and the next yep. day, you know, a super sport and Yep. Then jump on a cruiser. It's it's just bikes. Just two them. wheels at the end of the day. Yep. That's right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I, I thought you might have had some other upbringing of Harley side or dirt no, stuff. Or, no, no, I just got just into passion. Harley sort of off my, my own accord. I just sort of, I think I, I got on a few Harleys and just loved the rawness of them. And, yep. you know, yeah, it's it's all about sort of the the motor outwards on those things you know like they shake they make a heap of noise yeah. 
they don't turn too well, the older models, and they don't stop too well either. And I think that just adds to the enjoyment often. So, yeah. It's really raw, isn't it? It's really raw. Yeah. So, and, yeah. That, and that's just how my passion for Harleys grew. And yeah, sort of the rest was history from there. Brought a few, sold a few, and modified a few, and you crashed a few. A few. <laughs> what, what was your first build? Like your first Harley build, anyway? Um, first build, I think, was a little 48. And then I, uh, uh, the big build I did was actually for my old man. I um, I got him into, I think he's already had a love for Harleys, but, you know, seeing me doing what I was doing, he he, uh, he moved over here and, you know, his dream was to, to buy a Harley and yep. he brought a soft tail slim and I pulled that apart like everything. I mean, wow. forks off, wheels off, like the whole works and sort of just rebuilt it from the ground up and, yeah, made it his dream bike. So Damn. that was my biggest, biggest probably build. So when you came over here, he he obviously stayed. He stayed. Everyone stayed. Yeah. You just come in yourself. Just yeah, myself. Well, a partner at the time at that time. um you know got a little bit homesick as as you would from yep. such a young age, and yep. I just chose to ride it out and yeah. I yeah, just right. So your old man ended up coming over. Didn't he, he came over. Yeah. Yep. Came and lived with me for a bit and. Um, yeah, it was awesome to have him here and yep. sort of have my best mate back, essentially. Because mm. he was at Day in the Dirt last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay, he tries to, to get out to most events that I attend and ride, so which is awesome. So was he a rider? He was, yeah. So he, he grew up with a family that was actually into horses and didn't so much like the dirt bike, so he went yeah. against that, that grain and got his own dirt bike. And mm. yeah, I guess he... It's a little bit of the, the influence behind me for sure. So. so he hadn't had a road bike until you built that? He had road bikes when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, so, but like old school road bikes, not yep. Harleys or anything. Mm. So old Suzuki Katanas and things like that. Yep. And uh, he actually had, which is what inspired my 97 build. He had a 97 when I was growing up, brand new off the showroom floor. And, wow. you know, I've got photos of sitting on the front of that with him and, when the 97 came up, it was actually a, uh, a trade-in through work and it was worse for wear. Like this thing wouldn't start. The one we rode today? Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't start. They like had no front wheel on it. It was just collapsed back bearings and I grabbed it and I was like, we'll build this one day together and uh, yeah. it sat in the shed for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that happens. Yeah. yeah. So that was, a, that was really bad, that one. Really bad. Yeah. yeah, so it took a lot of, a lot of a love way. and money. <laughs> yeah, it looks good now though. Yeah, I rebuilt it to a rideable standard. You know, it wasn't going to be something we put in the living room, but it was it was meant to be ridden. Yep. So what did you do to it? Like, actually, I'm, I'm recording this too because I need to get some tips for my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what did <laughs> right you actually down do? The list. Yeah, just yeah, save me riding. Stripped it back, mate. Stripped it way. back to the frame. And yep. um, obviously the first thing with anything like that is, is making sure you get all the bearings and everything like that sorted first. So, you know, bearings in your swing arm, bearings in your head stem and, and yep. sort of just working out from a base there and then, mm. you know, getting the motor structurally sound and back in the frame and then uh, suspension from there. So I did the suspension. Did you do again. that yourself, the suspension? No, no, I actually got Artie from Airtime to do that. So he did it's a fantastic good. job. Even though like I'm heavier than you are in that, yeah. it still felt really good, eh? It, it's a it's yeah. a lounge chair, but it's, you know, they're a really rigid frame and we went a little bit plusher in the suspension yep. just to soak up a little bit of that harshness and 
it works really well on that bike. It's actually a rideable 97, which I don't know there is such a thing, but <laughs> that's, that's sta- it. That statement's never been said. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so, it, it's set up well. But it is, yeah, it's, mm. it's awesome. It just, just, just feels so good. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm glad someone else finds it enjoyable to ride. So. Like, yeah, like we said today, like you could literally go out and ride pretty much anywhere on it. Yeah. Like, Apart from like, really muddy stuff, <laughs> yeah. but you can pretty much hills. ride anywhere else on it. Like it was, yeah. yeah, just heaps of grunt, but in, but nothing silly. You know, yeah. it's just enough to yeah, yeah it's usable. Mm. And sure. yeah, as a real rookie, it, it felt really good for me. I enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad you like it, mate. It's uh, yeah, it was good to see you out there on it and not having it sit in the shed collecting dust. As I say, I built it to ride it, and I don't really get much time it. to do that. <laughs> There's too many other bikes. So. Yeah, that's the issue. That is definitely the issue. Yeah. So you built that for your old man? Yes. Yeah. What came after that? I built a diner for myself. Is this the Maroon one? This is the Maroon diner that uh, got me in a lot of fun and a lot of trouble in the same breath. So It did? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good bike. It's just, you know, the whole scene with Harley wheelies and burnouts. and. So did you get into that much? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Um, A little bit. And then I kind of, I didn't talk myself out of it, but I just... I could see myself going down that same track of losing mm. licenses again. And yeah, yeah, it, it gets, it's a pretty fine line to play with. And, you know, I take my hat off to a lot of guys that still do it. And, um, you know, you put your, your life at risk and, uh, you know, for, for the sake of enjoyment and um, a lot of talent goes behind it to get those big bikes up in the air. That's for sure. For sure. It's, it's um, yeah, a huge talent pool. Big time. We've so. got some good, good guys around too. In Australia, yeah. yeah. It's a really up and coming, you know, scene where we've got some some talented riders here that are really showing the Americans how to do yeah. it. So it's cool. It's it is see. really cool. Your diner, mm. how long do you have that for? A few years. So that's the one that I've probably got the snaps on from day in the dirt, eh? Correct. Yeah. I decided to pull the road tires off it and, yeah. uh, you know, a 20 plus thousand dollar diner and put some dirt tires that's on right. it. And, uh, yeah, it turned a few heads and a couple of guys come up and told me I was crazy before I took it on the dirt and yeah, I probably was. <laughs> yeah. It looked cool though. <laughs> yeah, it, it did look good. It looked yeah. better with dirt tyres on it, I reckon. It looked sick. Yeah, if yeah. I could have ridden it on the road like that, I would have, but it got yeah. sketchy when that thing doesn't doesn't stop too well and you've got knobblies underneath you. But... <laughs> yeah, they got so much grunt. Big talk, yeah. yeah. Awesome talk. But that, that was what started the fun for Harleys on dirt. You know, at that time, at that time, yeah, there was Mm. obviously the flat track scene in America, and you know, flat tracking Harley's is nothing new, it's been around for a long time. It's one of the oldest forms, that's right. Mm. But, um, that was sort of my and you know, intro to it, and um, it was a lot of fun as Mm. much as it was uh, hurtful to the wallet afterwards. It was a lot of fun because what did you do? You you crushed a frame or something, didn't you? I uh, I jumped it to the flat and uh, caved the motor in and bent the frame, and yeah. Did a bit of mischief. Is it a big jump? Oh, it wasn't that big. Like on a moto, it, it's yeah, but nothing. You're not on, but you're not on a CR two fifty. Yeah, right? on a dyno, it was yeah. probably a little too big, I guess. But I wasn't the only one. A, a couple of other guys cracked sumps. You know, yeah. there was a few of us out there on diners, and uh, it was a common thing that was happening during the day. Mine just happened to be a bit worse. Was this at QMP? This was at QMP. Yeah. Yes. Was that was that a day in the dirt or was that dust? I think it was, was a dust hustle, wasn't it? Yeah. When they had, when their first dust hustle they did out there out at QMP, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I honestly thought that I'd broken something off the bike and it was yeah. it was slapping around because I, I kept going. Like it was making a, a huge knock and 
I'm like, oh, I must have just bent something or something's gone up and I've gone around the first, you know, or a couple of, of next corners and, yeah. you know, people are, are sort of cheering at me, what I thought was cheering, <laughs> but they try to wave me down and I'm like, what's going on? And I look down and um, sure enough, there's just this cloud of smoke coming out the bottom of my bike and I look behind me and it's just a pool of smoke in the air. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I tried to turn the bike off as quick as possible and it just dumped oil all out the bottom. So, yeah, wow. that, was, that was a little bit wild. I got it back to the uh, the pits and, you know, people were, were coming over and, like, turning their head and going, what have you done? Or, I've broken it. You know, it's going to happen doing these things. So, yeah, yeah that was pretty crazy. I, uh, I brought a sump. I got a scissor jack out of a car and, and bent the frame, sandwiched the frame back out and, you know, brought some parts for it and gave it a good engine flush and uh, put some put a sump back on it and a couple of other things and I actually rode it to um, Coffs Harbour like two weekends after. Really? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even taken it for a quick test ride, nothing. I just, it's just got to happen. It's got to happen. Yep. So there um, was a, a pretty big testament to their motors, I guess, you know, to for have sure. dirt go through it and... Things like that, and flush it out, and the bike be be pretty good after that. It's, it's pretty cool. Because you had that for a fair while too, didn't you? Yeah, farewell. I love that bike. You did? It was, yeah, it was just set up awesome, mate. It was uh, it was good for the road and yeah. good for the dirt. It's <laughs> yeah, good for everything. Did you buy that new? No, no, that's second wasn't. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah second yeah. hand. So I, yeah, uh, I come across that one with real okays and did some mods to it and enjoyed it. Did you do the suspension and that on that? Yeah, yeah, you I did. did the suspension. Nothing yep. crazy, but um, yep. just to stiffen it up a little bit. So, they and that awesome. wasn't the last dust hustle. I I did a, a couple more after that on it because you did, um, um, geez, North Brizzy. Yeah, did the flat track on it. That's perfect. That was that was awesome fun on that bike. Yeah. The the only probably downside was is leaning it over that far. Yep. You started to scrape the frame and foot peg and everything. Yeah, and it'd stand your back up. Yep. So you really had to like find you know, that in-between line where you're kind of resting on your foot and mm. uh, sort of sliding it out yourself rather than letting the bike do it because, yeah, you could come unstuck pretty quick. Damn. Didn't manage to break it at that one, so. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that was good. And then you uh, then you got rid of that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, got rid of that. Transitioned um, into the – did you go straight to the 750? Transitioned, yeah, from that into building a proper flat track bike. It, it just sort of – came to light that I was like, I probably shouldn't keep doing this on uh, this bike and, yeah. and build a proper one that actually serves the right purpose and, you know, something that I can have a little bit more fun on. So, Was there many people doing the the flat track thing here at that time with the Harleys? Or was it really at the start of it starting to... Yeah, look, the first time I sort of saw Harleys on the dirt was with the likes of Dean Ross and Byron, yep. uh, Brian Farrow and stuff like that. So that was, you know, as around the same time as I put my diner on dirt too. Mm -hmm. And... Um, at the time, no one was really doing yep. it from that. And uh, I know Dean went out and built a little 500 from memory and, you know, that was really sparking it. And then obviously with the likes of, of Brian and, and Mitch and things like that, we sort yep. of progressed into the bikes that we had built a little bit later on. And, you know, the V-Twin Hooligan scene was started from there. So mm. hope it grows. I hope it grows too, mate. Yeah. You know, we've got really good guys behind it and uh, and backing it. And, you know, with the likes of Tom Bennett and stuff with the with the photography, he's really, you know, shooting it and capturing it, which we well, you know with everything now, there's mm. a social media presence and it has to be hard to, not to grow something, but to just get that general awareness. People need it. to see it. 
You don't Correct. see it, you don't know, do you? That's right. So, so people are in their phones more than anything now. So if they're seeing it on their phones, hopefully it continues to grow from there. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what you know, what the bike is at the track, you know. like Not at all. I know, I, I forget if it was, I think it was Brian that I was talking to about it, like Sultans of Slide last year had the 550 Aprilia. Then yeah. they had this. They had the Harley. There was a good amount of Harleys there. Then there's a couple of Indians. To make it grow, you need to be able to do it. Diversify, for you sure. Have to, yeah, you know? have more models out there yeah. and not, not be so, you know, in one direction. Yeah. As much as, you know, the Harley scene is is awesome, you yeah. know, it would be fantastic to see other guys out there. So. Yeah, just to make the sport grow, you know, to a, to a point where there's going to be more Harleys out there because there's more people out there. That's right. You know, just in general. So. And the more people that get behind it, you know, the more events that we'll be able to have, the more tracks that will be open yep. to it, you know, the more spectators that are out there, it'll grow. It'll mm. grow from that. So I'm all for it. More bikes out there, the, the better. Did, did you enjoy riding the 750? Yeah, well, I, I never rode it on the road. I have never ridden one of those bikes really? on the road still to this day. I um, I picked that up completely stock and yep. never even rode it on the road. I, I took it straight down to, to uh, Brian and yep. we stripped it down and started the build. Wow. So then my first ride on it was on the dirt. Day <laughs> the dirt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I managed to get out a, a couple of weekends before that out to QMP and they've got a little oval out there that – you know, that's right at the back there. Yeah, it's small. It gets yeah. super dusty and you know super rutted out. But at least it's somewhere to to jump on the bikes and have a bit of fun. So yeah, there's not a lot of places where you can go and, and ride the Harleys. It's still a little bit frowned upon. Yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll change over time. It will. It, yeah, it's already perception. getting there. It yeah, it's sure. already getting there. So unfortunately, you know, we we had good momentum before COVID sort of came along and you know there was a lot of frequent practice days and, and things like that out at uh ipswich and mm. it was starting to get good traction for so sure it's, it's coming back now and yeah everyone's, so. i guess the the benefit with covid everyone's had that time to sit back at home and you know maybe do a build that yep. they didn't have time potentially for. didn't that's right cash their super in and build up a, <laughs> yeah build cash up a track their super in and <laughs> spend 10k into a, a flat track of what more could yeah, you want that's right <laughs> Let's put it all on the tracker. It cares about retirement. Let's it's go probably now. happened. It's yeah. happened. It's happened for, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's for already sure. it's already happened. We've seen it through, you know, the bike industry where we thought things would slow down big time, you know, mm. with luxury items like that. And yep. uh, it's gone completely the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Across And across like multiple different brands, parts, everything like that. Like I know. That's right. Um, June was the best-selling month for, for off-road motorcycles for Crazy, three, hey? three or four years. Yeah, you know, and so. yeah, and at the moment, like you jump online, you're struggling to even find second-hand dirt bikes. Yeah, they're nothing. It's it's pretty same cool. The, it's good to see road, though. Mate. Like that is, yeah. From if there's one thing good to come out of out of this sort of situation, I, I see it as well, uh, is people might holiday more here, travel more here, race more here, for sure. like. You might get a, a few more things like that sort of starting to happen. Um, yeah. You know, like let's go buy some bikes and go. Let's get into racing again. We can't go overseas for a few years. Let's get into racing, or we can go and within Australia. Tour within Australia. Yeah. Um, let's race horses or do horses around here, or let's go overseas. And yeah, go. start going overseas to Europe and to yeah. Europe and all those other stay places. within Australia. <laughs> it's crazy though. Like it, it, it's been a weird time. That's right. It has been. Yep. It's. Um, you know, there's still a little bit of uncertainty out there, but if we all just hang in there and, you know, do what we need to as a nation and be fine. stick it out. For sure. Be good. Now, industry. How'd you find it over the years? How'd you see it change? Mate, it's it's evolved big time. Really? It's yep. um you know, 
from that first initial sales sides of things where I was selling bikes and, you know, it, it was a lot more, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go down the lines of a lot more fun, but it was a lot easier to just, you know, talk and, and, ha- you know, have fun with customers, I guess. It was, yep. you know, people were coming in and, you know, they were there for a purpose. They were coming physically down to the stores to, to check out motorcycles and to, you know, be amongst that atmosphere of, you know, a bike shop. Mm. And I remember from a young age, like I used to love going down to the bike shop, you know, yeah. buying gear and, you know, just checking out all the new models and you know, just being a part of it. And, yeah. um, you know, I guess it's evolved from there with, you know, a lot more of an online presence and, you know, a lot more accessible to just sit at home and search up what you want. And, you know, the average person now, they will research something a lot more than the knowledge as a salesperson will sit there and have. Mm. And they will come into the store and, you know, they'll probably know more about that bike than what I would and what you would because they have searched that model through and through. They've compared it with the other likes of models on the market that they may be looking to buy or compare it to. And, um, you know, they're coming in ready. Mm. And they know what they want before they get there. They're more or less probably getting prices from all around before they're coming in to make their purchase. And um, that changed the culture a lot, you know what I mean? Because you were sitting then behind the desk and you were taking phone calls and email inquiries that were, you know, growing over time because people were shopping differently. Mm. You know, they weren't just coming in and impulse buying, I guess. Yeah. You know, where they'd just turn up at the door and, you know, old Jimmy's come in to buy a Fox shirt and he's leaving with a new KXF 250. <laughs> yeah, Saturday morning purchases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's what it was too, wasn't it? It was Saturday morning. Correct, yeah. It's just people central at shops. That's right. Yeah, but it was booming. So know? that's one of the big things? That, that's probably my biggest, you know, sitting back and recognising it from there is, yeah, that's probably a big part yep. that it's changed a lot of the culture, yep. I guess. And culture in a sense that, you know, people that might have necessarily worked in a bike shop beforehand, yep. it doesn't quite suit them now because that whole relationship building and stuff and that impulse buying and, yep. you know, that whole rapport of having friends come down to the shops, it, it's still there, but it's definitely changed a lot. Mm. So. And I guess the uh, other part too is like uh, mates in the stores. Like when I first met you, yeah. there's like a, obviously through Dan, Dan McEwen, there was another couple of guys as well. Now it, it's hard to sort of see groups of people that were hanging out and going for rides of a weekend that were staff at these stores. For sure. Too much. You know, I'm, I'm out of the loop of the group of companies, but that's, that's sort of what I see from, from that side. Like I know here we've, there's a few, you know, shop rides and staff get together and stuff, but in some of the other sorts of things, you don't sort of see that as much anymore. Do, no. do you find that as well? For sure. Yeah. Sort of culture. Again, that culture side of things. And companies are aware of that. Like, um, you know, they are doing stuff internally to try and ramp up that culture and, and, um, you know, get behind the staff, being a little bit more involved and, you know, coming to events and launches and things like that. Like, I think they are aware of it. Again, Mm. it's... It's a big wheel. It is. But it'll it'll do a circle, like like we're already seeing. You know what I mean? Like For sure. Like we spoke about today, once this sort of blows over with the whole COVID, people are going to be searching for that, you know, face-to-face interaction and and events again, I think, you know. For sure. It's going to change a lot of way people probably shop still, but they're they're still going to look to get out and 
shop yeah. rides, community, you know, right. things like that. So yeah. I don't know how much you've you've seen here or been part of here before sort of thing. So down here that, that there's a new um, cafe at the front, Alley Pit Stop. Yes. So yeah. I spend a lot of time here. This is where this is. So I spend Why people, wouldn't you though? Like it, it's, it's a beautiful there's shop. There's bikes. Yeah, it's a good it, shop. It's awesome. Um, the coffee's good out the front. Everything. It's good. It's really good. But you sit here on a Saturday morning because we've done a few podcasts on Saturday morning and now that people are out of lockdown and that, yeah. there's people getting out again. For you sure. Know, and, you know, there's groups of this, there's groups of that. And it, it's good to see. I hadn't seen that around the industry for a long time. Yeah. You know, this is just one place. It's probably like that everywhere. Starting to be like that again everywhere. But it's nice to see. For sure. And, you know, as long as people are practicing those things that we've got in place with, you yeah. know, being safe and things like that, we, we need people to get out and about and we need, you know, to keep that wheel turning. For sure. For sure. So... How many years were you in the, in in that sort of? I don't even know now. I've, I've lost count, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost count. It's uh, it's all just blurred into into one. It's been one awesome ride and awesome journey. journey. So, um, so you you're out of that sort of world now, but you still now. got a foot in the door of that world. You're doing your own stuff. I think stuff. I'll always have a foot in the door. You know, it's yep. where my passion lies, and yep. you know, now I think I just get to to do it for myself in in a in a different light, and yep. um, you know. It's it's awesome, and I'll I'll always be a part of it, and yeah. hopefully I ke- I keep riding and have a foot in the door that way too. Yeah, nice. What is it that you do now? Uh so <laughs> I do a few things. Yeah. Um, but I've still got a graphic design business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never been something I wanted to do full time. It's always just been a, a hobby. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I enjoy sitting down and you know designing something from start to scratch and seeing a, yep. a customer love it and then getting to see my product out on a bike. And, yeah, it's something that I'm trying to keep nice and niche and limited yep. and, you know, take the pressure off myself with that. So that, that's been an awesome journey as well. So Were you, were you an artist in, in any way? I enjoyed art, but I wouldn't consider myself an artist. Like I, growing up, I always loved to paint um believe it or not, I always used to love like making homes. Like I always thought I was going to be an architect. I wow. I sat down and, you know, I used to take a cardboard box and just cut it into all these different shapes and make like these just homes that were a bit out of the ordinary and, you know, angled walls and stuff. And I used to love it. Damn. I loved it. So. so you reckon that's where the design stuff came from? Yeah. As I say, like I always sort of had a little bit of a design passion, but I never considered myself an artist and yep. um, I've never done any courses. I've never, same with marketing, I've never been through, you know, any degrees or anything like that. I've yep. always just, I see something, I pick it up and I love seeing it through and I love learning along the way and yep. uh, just being adaptable on the fly. Mm. So, and I think that's one of the big things with marketing that uh, I guess you just have to move with the times and things change so quickly. You yep. have to uh, be ahead of that curve and think of the new fresh thing and, yeah, see what works. Have you had some good mentors along the way? Um, Hang on. Don't want to bag anyone out here. But have you had – is there relationships you've built along the way that that has helped that, do you think? I've triggered built, things? I've built a lot of relationships along the way with a lot of good people, yep. uh, like a lot of good people within the industry. but. Yep. I don't know. Like there's not, if I sit back here right now, there's not really a mentor that I have in mind that I've yep. gone, you know, wow, like I want to follow in their footsteps. I think I've always just been really critical on myself and really yep. hard on what I do. And if I don't do it right, I have to put it down. So mm. 
blaze your own path too. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't really, yeah, looked looked up to, to anyone, I guess. <laughs> I've just kind of wanted to run my own race and yep. do the best I possibly can with what's in front of me and, you know, what I can take that and build upon and, and keep going. So with your design stuff, like that's all your own? All my own, yeah. Yep. I've, I've never been, been taught by anyone. I, yep. um, I had a good a business partner inside Ride that – um, his name was Dan. He helped me a lot with, you know, learning a few different things. And I also picked up things along the way that I, on the other hand, taught him as well. And he's like, wow, I've, I've never thought of doing it that way. And, you know, oh, really? he, he had a background in design and yeah, yeah, we just kind of fed off each other and it's growing from there. I've just continued to, to learn and evolve yeah. and design things that people like. And, um, being inside a marketing role, that's been pretty fast paced. So you you learn a lot when you're going quick. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you yeah. also mess up a lot. So yeah, it's sort of a balance, isn't it? Trying to get good good things out, obviously good product out or whatever it may be, but still efficiently, I guess. Efficiently is probably the word for it. So hundred percent. And yeah, is Dan still part of those? No, sir. He actually left. He went to Rifle Inc. Um, oh really? So you know, we had a good chat about it, and yeah. um, he's like. I've, you know, I want to chase this opportunity. If this opportunity's, you know, come up and I said, go for it. Like, yep. yeah, you're going to learn more there and do more there than what you ever will with yep. what we have going. You know, it's only... How long bit, ago was this? Probably two years ago now, maybe okay. a bit longer. Fairly recent. Yep. Yeah, it was um, still pretty recent. So, yeah. Yeah, and then I've just, as I said, rides nothing I've ever put focus on or highlight on because I've always had my career aside from that, that has yep. just always been full on. Like it's always been go, go, go. So yeah, design, design work always just come into play when I got home on a weekend. Yeah. So. When you found spare time at 1am. Yeah. That, that magic. After word. your last roles of like w- any job that you're into full time is, is hard work, but you've had, you've had a lot of hard work in those last few years. A lot of hard work. Yep. Yeah. Just trying to keep my head down and, yep. and get, get ahead so um those those ambitions i guess you know i'm very thankful for where they got me and it's definitely helped me realize a different path now mm. you know just to slow things down and and not be so in the rat race i guess it's yep. everyone's out to do the best they possibly can but i think it's nice to just sit back sometimes and reflect on what we do have and you yep. know slow it down a little bit and enjoy the finer things enjoy what we have Hundred percent. So it's taken me a while to realize that, as you know, jumping into that from such a young age, it's you know you think you need to just get as far ahead as possible, yeah. and um, the problem with doing that is you don't really take the time to to step away and, and look back. So Never get to appreciate it. Hundred percent. Mm. And you found that? I'm finding it. I, I wouldn't say I found it now <laughs> because I still love the chaos. There's no of, enlightenment. Enlightenment, sorry. Nah, no. Nah, I've got a lot of good support around me, and um, as I say, with my partner now, she's um, very supportive for what I do, and it's definitely helped to just slow myself down and yep. you know look at look at the amazing things I have around me and and what I've done from such a young age, and um, I guess take a little bit of that journey and and put it into my new ventures. So. Yeah. And you're doing some app development stuff, aren't you? Developing an app at the moment, yes. That's been in the works for, for a little while. Can so. we talk about that? 
not so much. I mean, I can just talk about surface. it just a bit. Yeah. Um, we're in the process at the moment of reaching out to uh, to investors that, yeah. you know, we're trying to keep a little bit of a lid on it. I didn't realise how expensive an app would be, I guess. I was a little bit naive in is that sense. Is there a lot sense. of money in it? I don't know. So Yeah, a lot. Um, I guess if you know the right people, yeah. um, it'd be a lot easier, but the it's going to take a lot of money to get to the point where I want to do it. And it comes back to that thing of, I don't want to put out something that's half done. Yeah. I want it to be incredible from the launch and um, yep. it's going to take a bit of monetary value to get there and uh, a bit of hard time. So, and effort, but it's almost there, hopefully. And have you, have you done sort of some of the front end stuff or? So I've done a lot of the user experience, um, a yep. lot of the mapping out of it, a lot of the front end design, yep. um, a lot of the background you know, what it looks like, what it feels like and pretty much from start to finish with that. And the app has evolved over probably the last two and a half years. You know, I probably got the idea three years ago and I'm still at this point now. Like, and um, I'm probably my own worst enemy with that where I haven't, you know, just stopped and put down what I'm doing and focused solely in it. Um, But I think the benefit of doing that is I've, I've evolved it so much that so many things have come to light that if I had to just jumped in and launched it half assed and, you know, put bare minimum into it money wise as well, it wouldn't be what it could be. Right. So it, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. So, and again, it's based around bikes and okay. that's, um, you know, I saw a gap in yep. not just the market, but I saw a gap within everyday things that I was doing with motorcycles that was like, Hey, there's there's got to be an easier way to do this, and mm. uh, that's where it kind of just sparked. So. Wow. Nice. Yeah, hopefully we get that done. So um, it's like apps are a big investment for people. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. So because you don't like it, it's like any industry or anything, you don't know until you're part of it. Like I would yeah. have a clue that you know the, the an app's going to cost ten dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, it is. And um, the app itself too actually has a module that integrates with it. So it's not just an app on its own. It's actually talking to something that, you know, communicates back with it and, and helps share data. So it's... AI. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> nah, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. But um, yeah. So yeah, and amongst that, we also we started a horse label earlier this, the start of this year, last year as well. Yeah, so you messaged me earlier in the year about this. So what, yeah. what's that? Um, you know, I saw a gap again in the market with that. And, you know. Is this one of those 2 a.m. thoughts? Industry knowledge. And yep. no, no, it was a broad daylight, like, why is this being done like this? Wow. <laughs> uh, looking at, you know, obviously what people spend in, in yep. the horse world and they, they spend big dollars. Like, Is the horse world worse than motorcycles? Way worse. Like, like not worse, but not, as in spending. Not worse as in like the industry, but worse yeah. as in the spending. The spending was yes. yeah. yeah. I thought I was bad. Like I thought yeah. I had an addiction with motorcycle <laughs> gear and building bikes, yeah. and then yeah, I was introduced to this whole new world that that made me look like what I've been doing is. It's like an apprenticeship in spending. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because now I look at what I'm doing, I'm like, I can up this. Yeah, I can, sure. I can buy more bikes. I can build more cars, but. Yeah, it's so I saw a gap there, and yep. um, and I mean a gap just within the quality versus what they were spending, mm. and um, I think that's come with a little bit from being in the industry and having my hands in a a product sense of things, and you know developing products, yep. and you know seeing that from start to finish, 
And um, yeah, I saw what they were using in both helmets, gloves, and the quality just wasn't there. So that sparked that. And um, yeah, we're we're almost at the launch of that now. We've just been developing a few more samples. COVID, again, unfortunately put a bit of a, a pause on that. I wouldn't say a stop because we were able to look at a lot of other things while it was paused and just made yeah. sure we were doing it right. So, so yeah. that's coming ahead. That's coming ahead as well. So put that on top of the app and the design work and running around after horses every day. Um, yeah, and trying to fit in some riding. It's yeah. good. All right. It's, it's really busy good. life. Yeah, I guess, I guess it is busy. The... <laughs> I yeah. don't see it as busy. That's the problem. And, um, you know, I've got good people around me. and, and you enjoy it. Yeah, I do enjoy it. Yeah. And I do enjoy the chaos to some extent because my brain doesn't stop. So I kind of need it to, to balance everything out. Definitely. Definitely. You're, you're one of the, and, and lucky's not the right word, but you're one of the people that has been able to be in the front of the house of a business. Yes. Plus you've also been behind the scenes of the business, like you're saying, development of gloves, development of helmets. You've had a lot of knowledge across those things. Has that has that helped you do the horse thing? You think as well? It's helped me with everything. Believe really? it or not, like not just with the horse thing and yep. with the app or anything. It's just just, just life in general. It's just life knowledge, mm. I think. And I've been again very lucky and very fortunate to have yep. done what I've done and still be so young mm. um, and be able to take away those learnings. And um, yeah, um, it's awesome. So it, it and it it does help like seeing things from a front end perspective and then working in the backgrounds, you know, developing promos and marketing material and anything like that. You sort of have a better core knowledge of what the guys in the front of the shop face every day. You know, what is actually, I guess, attractive. What does a customer walk in and, you know, they don't get greeted by salesmen within 30 seconds, but they look at, posters and they look at material around the showroom what knowledge do they absorb and and take in before even talking to anyone like Mm. you know i think that's a big thing when you walk into a shop and you know you've got your heart set on something and you see a piece of material that helps that you know that purchase or you walk in there and you're like ah that is that price and you know x amount per month whatever it be gear wise on sale yeah yeah, it's just it's helped a lot of different things. I think that that's a user experience, isn't it? Sort of like um, you know you talk about websites and stuff like that. That comes back to user experience too. Correct. So yeah. you walk in, the user needs to have that experience of, oh wow, okay, they're not talking to me because they're obviously busy or something. And, and however, there's an experience busy. Still, they yeah. do. There's pe- people are busy, and that sort of comes into that too, doesn't it? You know, for sure. Walk in, you've got like yeah. a supplement that you can go to. Yeah. So for sure. And And as you touched on that a little bit, like user experience, I haven't had a lot to do with websites, you know, where I've done degrees or anything like that, but I love looking into user experience. I Mm. love landing on a site and seeing its layout, its creativity and, you know, what draws people in and the steps someone has to go through to find what they need to find. And that just intrigues me. So the flow of how this works. For sure. Because you want to to keep someone intrigued into into your brand or your profile, whatever it may be. That's right. And you want it to be easy for them. You don't want to make something more difficult than it needs to be. Like if they want to come in and and they're trying to search for a specific thing, how do we make that as easy as possible? Like if they're coming in and they're looking for a bike and then they want to see what model, you know what I mean? Like it it doesn't need to be hard. Mm. No, no. (laughs) Harder than it needs to be, yeah. Easy as possible, you know. For sure. And the other part too is the varying degrees. 
everyone has varying degrees of skill set when they're touching a phone, computer, whatever. Not 100%. everyone has the, the skill set of, oh, I'm going to search this little part or whatever. You need to make it simplified. And how do you cater for that? You only have one website platform. You can't you make three different websites for someone's different no. you know, ability to, to scroll through something. It's not like ticking your racing class. No. You can't go into the Harley <laughs> website and go, okay, so we go beginner, yeah. intermediate. B class. B class, you know. <laughs> okay, so we get the B class website and here's the gear, you know. Yeah. So no, very, very, very true. Now you're you're building up a car. Oh, I am at the moment, yeah. What, 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 and that's not just at the moment, that's been for a little while. For a while, yeah. So. I've sort of. I loved working on bikes, but I wanted to do something different again, sort of go yeah. back to where it all started for me. And whether it's a bike, a car, anything, it's, you know, I love it. So, yeah, I, I started building a few classic cars a couple of years ago and now I'm on to a, uh, an old F truck, which is, yep, it's been an experience. So what is it, a 77? 77 F100. Yep. Yeah, long wheelbase to obviously get the bikes on there as easy as possible. Of course. So, and still have room. Power plant? Uh, 351 Cleveland V8. Yeah, so nice. it's still got the stock motor in it, but we've done a few things to it now. Transmission? Uh, it's just got the four-speed manual four-speed. box. Yep. Yeah, it's nice and nice and easy. Probably a bad thing being manual, but... So it's going to be a driver? Yeah, we'll see how the tyres last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe where we were today. A Ford with a 350 Chev. I know it happens a lot, but it still doesn't look good. It, it doesn't. Beautiful car though. Awesome. You know, and if you're an automotive enthusiast, it's still damn cool. It's still a V8 and and a nice (laughs) U. Definitely. And it's it's very popular. It is. Very popular to do. So you can see why. You can definitely see why. And uh, even looking for parts for the motor that I've got now, it's it's getting harder and harder. Really? You find it harder? Well, people are restoring cars now and they are worth money. Like, and I know that sounds weird, but it's like they're becoming worth more. And it's sort of an era that you wouldn't expect like it's i think we're now we're moving within a generation so the cars that we remember and we want to purchase yep are you know obviously climbing up a little bit in the in the year it's sure. a, yeah there's 70s and it's crazy cars. money some of these cars crazy money. and te- and te- like i think people like to have tangible items especially i think Maybe the next generation through after us, maybe not, maybe not so much. Yeah. I'm not sure, but we're. I think we're just on the tail end of it, maybe. But having a tangible item that you can build, you can do this, and it's now not just a, a product; it's an investment. You know, and if, you, if you've had a, say, a Monaro or something, the last ten years, the value of that Monaro has probably been fairly close to what a general house would be in residential Brisbane, as yep. in is in growth term. Definitely it's crazy. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, though. You know, if we could have oh. all sat back and gone, I'll buy that eight thousand dollar, five thousand dollar vehicle. Yep. Put it in the shed. We all would have done it. <laughs> I remember it was two thousand and uh, two thousand and two. I got I got offered a Formula Blue VK Brock. Cool car. Loved it. I was too young for it. Yep. But it was, I think it was about six thousand eight hundred or six thousand five hundred bucks. Then it went up. Then sadly, Peter Peter Brock passed away. Then it went up a lot. Yeah. And now they're sitting at 150 plus, you know, and that, that car was a good car. It's it wasn't a bad car. Hey. So, yeah. But anyway, hindsight its a lovely thing. That's right, hindsight. <laughs> and what, what about bikes? You got any other bikes on the menu? Uh, so I've actually just done a little bit of a clear out of the shed. Yeah. To make room for hopefully some new partnerships and some new ventures. And uh, hopefully I've got a new build underway shortly. Awesome. 
what, be what, exciting. Uh, without going into too too much detail, but what sort of what sort of builds? Anything in particular? Flight track. Gonna uh, stick to track. I'm yep. building another flight tracker. I can't keep away from it, mate. Like that. Seriously, that's that's what appeals to you now. Hundred percent. Like riding motor, like we did today. Yep. You don't get to do that every day. No. Like in a setting where there's no pressure, there's no time restriction, there's no, you know, like it was just riding. Like yes. that was just jumping on your bike, going when you want to go, riding how you want to ride. And, um, you know, that's a luxury now unless you have land or, you know, something like that. And what appeals so much about the flat tracking scene is the culture of it, we keep mentioning this word culture, but I think it's something we're all in search for. And, yep. you know, the group of guys behind it, the riding style, it's it's a lot more laid back, but you can be competitive in it. You can, you know, bang bars with some of your best mates and then yep. park back up and everyone's, you know, having a laugh and everyone's there to help one another. And mm. I just, I can see it from so many different angles of being, you know, a professional in it or being a beginner in it you're yeah. still going away with the same smile. Like it, it's such a fun thing to do. And f for me, looking at it, you're not banging yourself up like motocross. That's right. Yeah, you can come down and, and you know, it's it going to hurt. hurt, but yeah. yeah, you're not. So you open up age groups. You know, you can open from the junior, junior, right through to, to whatever if you still want to proceed into it. And that's a really cool thing for a sport. For sure. I know there's vintage motocross and there's vets and there's this and that. Yeah. But it's still like a lot of people that have had to come through doing the motocross scene for a long time. Yep. You can go and do flat track as your first time and gradually build yourself into being fast, fun, whatever you want to do. That's the real cool thing about that sport, I feel. For sure. And it's it's underrated. It is. And, and the more it grows, the more we'll be yep. able to get the distinguished levels within it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the more we'll be able to have that A group, that B, yep. that C where, you know, the guys that just want to ride in the C class, it's not going to be so fast paced and, you know, you can still get quite intimidated by it if you're out with a group of guys sure. that are flying past you. So, yeah, the, the more it grows, oh, it, it'll be good. Yeah, I, and I hope it does. I know there's a lot of good people that are trying to put a lot of things together for it. Yep. Uh, New South Wales, Motorcycling New South Wales did a, did a job last year. Uh, and that was good. That was a good intro for, for that sort sort of style of it. Um, I just hope it, you know, this this period has sort of slowed things down a bit, but it'll come back. There's still a lot of bikes in, in the shed. For sure. And as we s said before, you know, it's given probably people the time to yeah. to maybe do that build that they didn't have the time for before. Mm. I'm going to build one. Do it. Mm. Do it. I'd love to see you out there. Mm. It'd be good, mate. So I... I I got told the other day to do it on the sporty. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it on a, don't do it on the seven fifty because fuel injections for pussies. I think is the word. So do it on an old sporty. But yeah, I, I, I am in the hunt. So I, yeah, looking. I'll tell you right now. Mm. At seven fifty was so much fun to ride. They, it and just revved out too. more. Yep. They are quick They're on the quick. straights. You know, I had a couple of the guys that yep. I was obviously riding with. Yeah jump off their sporties mm. and uh, jump on the 750 and it blew their mind a little bit. You know, they were like, wow, yeah. What I see with it, and they're not making the 750 anymore, but what no. I've seen for it too, like brand new, 8900 bucks. you get yourself a brand new bike. It's good value. It's damn good and value. They to weren't go and sitting that at that value, you know. Obviously, they were a little bit more expensive for one stage, yep. but they came down and that's good value to, to buy a base model. For sure. And if you want to go and do something with that, 
you've got yourself a brand new bike to go and do what whatever on. It's yeah. pretty damn good. To go and wreck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said whatever because I didn't want to say wreck because I know Annie's listening. Oh, she's probably listening. She goes, you're not going to go wreck a new bike. But um, I mean, sorry, I'll reframe that. I mean, um, ride. I mean, ride. Up. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, have, you, have you heard of or seen that Roaring Sporties? No. Okay, no. so it's a, a class that they used to have road racing here back in the 90s. And it was all um, sportsters, obviously. And now you can get the 750 in it. You can get, there's a few different, um, they're going to be a few classes within the race. So you can go road racing on the 750. You can then go back, put some 19s on it, go do the tracker thing. You've got sort of like a multi-purpose bike. That's awesome. Which is really cool. Yeah. Because it's very hard to have a bike just for one purpose. And I, I, it is. You know, like I said about building my CR up on a bit of this, bit of that, whatever. Yeah. It, you know, I think that's a really cool thing. So to be able to have something that, that has more than one purpose yeah. or one way to use it, yeah. that was the biggest thing I found with the tracker. You know, like I, I poured a lot of money into setting yep. it up and there was still a long way to go. Like I, I needed to cut up the tank and, you know, get a flat yep. tracker seat on it. I was just riding the thing stock and it could have, could have become a lot better than what it was, yep. but it was already fantastic. So I could have only imagined, but... Yeah. My typical mind got the better of me and I want to build something else already. So, yeah. <laughs> how, how are you with your metal fab? Pretty good. I've you been are? off it for a while, but yeah. I love welding. Like, so you could do your own tank and that if you want to go that path? Tank would be a Go's bit of a stretch it. for me at the moment, but yeah. I, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to build a tank. It would that, be something. That would yeah. probably be my goal. So um, tail sections, frames, yep. everything like that, I'd, I'll pick up. And, yep. you know, one thing, again, I'm really picky and, I like yeah. things to be perfect. So if I start something and it's not right, I'll, I'll cut it up and start again. When you started your automotive apprenticeship at that age, did yeah. you think you'd be here now? No way. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to leave New Zealand, to be completely honest. So wow. it's not really something you think about at that age. I think you're just kind of... You're comfortable, aren't you? You're comfortable. You're, you're thinking, you know, you've just got a job, you've got a little bit of money coming in, you've got some yeah. independence. It's um, that in itself... So, quite overwhelming and yeah i wanted more <laughs> and new zealand like it take away all the jokes that have been said today it's an awesome place it's beautiful yeah it is beautiful um and you know it's still home yep. to a lot of people but this is home for me now yep. and um that's the way i see it you know i left and i left for reasons and yeah I don't like going back. I yep. do go back, but not very often. Right. And um, I think that's purely because this is home for me. So what, what's the need to go back? Yeah, that's right. What's your, um, what are we going to see out of you for 2021? 2020 beyond. 2020 beyond. Yep. Um, just using this year to, to finish, you know, on the best note possible. You know, yep. we've, we've all got had a little bit of downtime, so it's been good for me to get on top of probably a few of those chaotic projects in my mind and actually see them yeah. through and um 2021 you know i hope to have a big presence back inside the the flat tracking scene and hopefully beyond you know i, I really want to get over to america i really want to do you know some racing over the air and yeah i've got the time for it now i've got the freedom so i, I wow. need to to put some time into my own racing and not looking after everybody else for once so so you'd like you'd like to go over and do that? I'd love to. Really? The first chance I get, I will. I'll have a bike set up and, and I'll yeah. get over there. So. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it'd be good, mate. And would you do like the hooligan, or would you go to the longer tracks? I'd like to do both. 
I'd would. like to do the hooligan, like obviously yep. with a bit of jumping and stuff like yep. that involved, but I'd love to get out on the big open circuits too yep. and, and really get back to sort of that solo style riding. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. So if I could do both, even better. <laughs> Mate, that's cool. <laughs> so so. That's, that's some of the goals there for the riding, but um, hopefully yep. we see some of these business ventures come into, uh, into light and COVID take a little bit of a backseat. Yeah, fingers good. crossed over the end of that. So For a lot of people, not just myself, but just for everyone to get back to, to normality. and Just in general, eh? Yeah. Nice. And yeah, uh, when, when are we going to see some of the uh, horse business stuff coming out, you reckon? Mate, that, that's not far off. Really? Um, you know, we've, we've got a little bit there that we could probably launch fairly soon, but is it the right timing? I guess we won't know until we, mm. until we try. Yep. So uh, that'll definitely be before the end of the year, I'd say. Awesome. Yeah, we just got to got to pick our moment now. Where can without uh, going onto a private profile? Where can people find you online? Uh, <laughs> coming from a marketing background, it sounds strange, but I don't have personal yeah. social media. It's um, I guess it's something I've been so heavily involved in, but I've I've just got my work work profile now, which is Ride Design Co. and I pretty much use that. That in itself, judging like juggling messages and comments from that is is full time enough. So. Yeah. But that, that's where you'll find me, mate. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll put a few more of my builds and stuff onto that page too and, yep. you know, widen it a little bit from the graphic scene and just sort of follow the things that I, I set out to do. So if you, like if um, if people reach out for you, you will do kits for them? I will, yep. 100%. Um, you don't you just actively have to get pursue in, kits, do you? No, yep. no. I, I don't market. I don't do anything like that. Yep. I pretty much just revolve on word of mouth and um, I do a limited amount of kits per year. So we try and keep it within 100. Um, and, you know, I'm a one-man show. So if we're yep. flat out, I can only juggle so much. But we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And, and we'd love to, to do more kits, but I still want to keep it niche and I want to keep it fun. Yeah. That's what it sort of seems like with yourself now. I see you're, you're very calm. I never used to be. No. <laughs> I but, used to be, uh, you know, I'd meet yourself out at events. Yeah. I'd be at Day in the Dirts. I'd be at, you know, Dust Hustles and yeah. Transmodos. And um, I would have a million things going on yep. and my head would be, you know, two weeks in front of myself. And I would be in an environment where I was present physically but I wasn't mentally like yeah. I was in another world and um you know I've got good friends that I've spoken to about this and you know they give me advice and I give them advice and we're hypocrites at the end of the day because we don't take it on board sometimes but yeah. I'm trying my best now and I think it, it comes down to to growing as well as a person and, and getting older you're kind of yeah. I know I'm still young but a lot of my experiences have made me appreciate Made your age. Got. Have made me age. <laughs> age quicker than probably I needed to, but I'm still young enough to take those uh, experiences now and yep. use them for the better. Oh, you seem like you're like, you know, getting to hang out for the, literally just hang out, which is doesn't very it doesn't happen very often with just people anymore. Yeah. A couple of people just hanging out for a day. You just seem like you're in a good place with it anyway. Today was amazing, mate. Yep. Like the, that's one of the memories that you, you put in the back of the mind and you sort of don't forget, you know, being mm. able to ride like that and, and be around good people and yep. the way that we were invited out to that place as yep. well, you know, that that's something in itself. It's, yep. um, 
yeah, it's pretty special to know there's still people out there like that and you can go and do something like that and walk away with a bigger smile. So Yeah, that 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 is 100% correct. Like to be invited onto premium property, just if goodwill, yeah. hard to find. 100%. So. And, you know, that, that property, we, we won't go into too much, but no. there was a lot of stuff inside that property too that, you know, they yep. are... I know if I had someone in my house as well, and I'm even cautious, yep. you know, having my shit open and stuff because, you know, yep. there's a lot of money in there and that's someone's hard work through life sure. to, to build that and yep. um, just have people that you don't know around that and be so welcoming. Like, yep. it's incredible. Like, I've had I've had bikes stolen, I've had cars stolen in the past. My house is shut. Yep. Like, it's... It's, it's, it's a vault. There's, a, there's, <laughs> a, there's an inner sanctum, you know, yeah. of friends and, and whatnot, but... Yeah, it, it was really nice and same deal. Like the, the address never comes out of us. You know, it's a, it, it, was, it was a great thing. And yeah, so shout out to shout out to Chris yeah, for, for again, taking Chris. care of it, amazing, taking mate. care of us today. It was uh, it was awesome. And, Beautiful uh, part of the world, indeed. Anything else, mate? Mate, no. Just thank you for having me. You know, I don't know who wants to listen to me ramble on, but um, I guess you did. I certainly <laughs> did, mate. No, I didn't. No, of course, nobody did. No. <laughs> I certainly did, and uh, for for one thing, mate, I'm really lucky to call you, mate. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. Vice you know, versa. I've known you for for nearly a decade, probably now, and uh, yeah, it's good seeing you grow through the through the industry and now do your own thing. I think that's a really good thing. And, so. and you too, mate. Like to see you back there in that chair doing your own thing, obviously yeah. being within the industry and and seeing a lot of these things evolve through the time yeah. that I've been just in marketing. Yeah. It's awesome to see you out there doing you know, what you do and, and doing it in the way you want to do it and yep. you love. So awesome, mate. Well, thank you. Thanks for and, having uh, me. And once again, too, thanks for letting me ride that CR. It's giving me another kick in the ass to get mine going. Anytime, mate. When you get stale on that bill, just come and uh, pick her up. Done. Get a bit of a reminder. Done. <laughs> thanks, Ashley. Peace. And if anyone's heard anything in the background too, it's just the dog snoring. They're super relaxed in here. Yeah, we've got the Frenchies with us today Sorry. and uh, they come everywhere. They're our children. So we um, we love to take them with us and, you know, they love being around bikes. They don't even... I can't believe how relaxed they are around the bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't chase them. They just want to see what's going on and then they'll go to sleep. <laughs> Pretty damn good. As I say, I've heard them just snore more of the day than they did bark or anything. So, yeah, very cool. Well... Thank you for everyone for listening. And, um, yeah, just another little shout-out too. We uh, we had in 30 days 25,000 different views, which is something that uh, from the start we never thought that we'd probably get uh, this early. And, uh, yeah, just thank you for everyone for all their support so far. And I uh, hope you enjoy what we're doing and what, we'll, what we're going to be putting out in the future. It should be pretty damn cool too. So, yeah, thanks. Have a good week. Cheers. <laughs>